G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. Anthony de Bono describes what happened to Jesus' heart. He said, Jesus had a hemothorax, which is the stillness of the dead body, and it had separated out, as they do, into two layers. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. a series about the Messiah, Mashiach, of which there have been many from different nations, cultures and religions. It's important to look at all the criteria and attributes of this person so that we can identify the only person who can meet them all. We started learning about Psalm 22 in the last program because the description laid out in that psalm is stunning when compared to the new covenant suffering of Jesus Christ. But there are some religious leaders who claim Jesus couldn't possibly be the Mashiach but other more ancient Jewish leaders who all agreed that the person described in Psalm 22 absolutely had to be their Mashiach. We're going to continue looking into Psalm 22 today to see for ourselves. Because, you know, it's one thing to listen to what this rabbi says or what that Jewish sage said or what this rabbi over here said compared to what that rabbi over there said. You can listen to all of the words of men, which is all fascinating and it's all good and you can learn from it. But what does God say? Mm. What does the scripture actually say? And that's what we're going to do this time uh, because it it was actually King David who said this. So when King David actually wrote this psalm, he was alive and kicking. Mm -hmm. Therefore, was he prophesying about his own death or was he prophesying about somebody else? Mm. Okay, so he was either prophesying about himself or he's prophesying about somebody else. So it would be really good to actually see what psalm 22 actually has to say. And we showed last time that as well that if you go back, say, 12 centuries, there was a traditional rabbinical understanding that Psalm 22 was very, very much a prophetic description of a future time when Mashiach would suffer and die for the people. And it was only really after Jesus actually came, Mm. that there started to be this interest in let's changing this interpretation. But even up to the 8th century, they still held that particular belief that it was about the Messiah. Mm. So let's have a look and see what Psalm 22 says. We'll just pick out a few verses. Psalm 22, 1 says, a Psalm of David, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Mm, well, that's obviously a very you know, familiar passage because very. it's repeated in the New Covenant where Jesus is on the cross and it's uh, mentioned in both Matthew 27 and Mark 15. It says about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So it's literally verbatim. Mm, It's unbelievable. Okay, so here's another one. I want to go to Psalm 22, verses 5 to 8, and it says this. To you they cried out and were delivered. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I'm a worm and not a man, a reproach of men, and despised by the people. All who see me sneer at me. 
They separate with the lip. They wag their head saying, commit yourself to the Lord. Let him deliver you. Let him rescue him because he delights in him. I mean, can't you hear the yeah. can't you hear the, the snide yeah, that's right. sarcasm in yeah. that? Well, of course, we see that uh, sarcasm in Matthew 27 because it says uh, from verses 41 to 43, in the same way the chief priests also, along with the scribes and elders, were mocking him and saying he saved others. He cannot save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross and we'll believe him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now. If he delights in him, for he said, I am the son of God. I mean, the, the mockery. Mm. There's a part of me that just at the same time, even if they hated him, the fact of being able to look up at a man who'd been battered and broken and bruised and, and whom they knew had actually committed no sin. Mm. And to just level that kind of mockery, it's just yeah. it just kind of takes your breath away, doesn't it? It's mm. just an unbelievable. And then here's the other thing. What they were just saying and what Jesus actually said on the cross was was like straight out of the scriptures that mm. they taught. They knew Psalm 22. Yeah, that's right. They would have known it by heart. So did they not say, oh, well, hang on a second. He just said, he just quoted Psalm mm. 22. Yeah. And oops, we are just quoting <laughs> We're doing Psalm the same. Did they, yeah. not, did they not even gel yeah. with them? Yeah, it's amazing. Isn't that just isn't it? amazing? So either they knew it and they were kind of like trying to ignore it or avoid it, or maybe they were, for some reason, just unaware of what they were saying and what was being maybe, said. Maybe, maybe the judicial blindness from the week before when Jesus entered Jerusalem mm. and he wept over the city. Maybe the judicial blindness started then. I yeah. don't know, but my goodness, experts of the law, yeah, and here right. they were quoting the very scriptures. Oh, wow. Yeah. All righty. Okay, so here's another one. Psalm 22, verses 14 to 18. It says. I'm poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted within me. My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaves to my jaws, and you lay me in the dust of death. For dogs have surrounded me, and a band of evildoers has encompassed me. They pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look. They stare at me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Mm, that's another amazing passage that yeah. we're very familiar with. And I guess if you've ever done any research into crucifixion, you understand that one of the characteristics of crucifixion is that the body basically hangs from those pressure points on the hands and the yeah. feet. And in order to gain a breath, the victim has to push up on his feet and pull against the nails in his wrists just to breathe. Then, of course, yeah. they let go and sag back down again, and that just goes... On and on. So the the joints look distorted because of all the pressure and weight mm. of the entire body on them. So you can understand this description being very clear, describing the body looking as though the bones are all out of joint. And then, of course, the pressure on the heart would just be unbelievable. unbelievable. Like it's just, you know, every you know pump of the heart would be just incredibly excruciating oh. trying to get that limited bit of oxygen through the body. Did you know that the, actually the word excruciating comes from? The experience of crucifixion. Oh, really? That was something I just learned recently. Yeah, that's where the word comes Mm, from. Oh, my gosh. Well, of course, you once again read this, I guess, the fulfillment of this passage in the New Covenant. In Matthew 27, uh, verses 35 and 36, it says, When they had crucified him, they divided up his garments among themselves by casting lots. And sitting down, they began to watch over him there. And above his head, they put up a charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. It's, it's almost like when you're reading the gospel accounts of Jesus' crucifixion, 
and then you read Psalm 22, it's like you're reading a mirror. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing, isn't it? And there's a verse in Psalm 22 that describes this torture. Remember when I read it, it said that there's the man's heart being like wax melting Mm. within him? Yeah. Uh, And that has actually been uh, suggested to be the description of when the soldier pierced Jesus' side, thrusting the pierce up into his heart when blood and water came out, Mm -hmm. and that his physical heart was in such distress that he suffered what is medically called a hemothorax. Now, this is how Dr. Anthony de Bono describes what happened to Jesus' heart. He said, Jesus had a hemothorax, which is the stillness of the dead body, and it had separated out, as they do, into two layers, the heavier red cells below and the light, watery plasma above. The hemothorax was the result of the savage flagellation, which is the flogging, The withdrawal of the spear would have been followed first by the red blood cells and then the lighter plasma, the water. The body of Jesus had been hanging on the cross dead for some time. Obviously, the fluid must have accumulated during life by a bleeding into the chest cavity, Mm. almost certainly due to the savage uh, flogging. Yeah. Isn't that unbelievable? So Amazing. there's a medical term for and it describes exactly what yeah. happened to him. Yeah. And he goes on to describe that. But I guess the point that I'm making here in Psalm 22, it is describing an innocent man being tortured and brutalized while he cries out to God. Those looking on mock him, they spit at him, they ridicule him, they demand that either God, who he so loves and who God apparently so loves him, would, you know, save him. And all the time he's professing that, you know, surely God is going to come and save. The mockery, the malice, it's horrible. They mock him for not being able to save himself. This man's body is so tortured and abused, it actually looks like the joints are all distended and popping out. He can count his bones. He's been crucified, nailed to a wooden cross by having his hands and feet nailed to it. I mean, that was unheard of in King David's time. That was never something that was done. That was not the way capital punishment was to be done in ancient Israel. It wouldn't have even entered their heads. Well, it wasn't even invented until after David even wrote the Psalms. So it's not something he would have been able to have even seen at any point. So what was was David seeing? What was he thinking when he prophesied this or Mm. any of the other prophets? I mean, it's breathtaking. None of the things described in Psalm 22 happened to David. So it it cannot possibly have been talking Mm. about David. But the descriptions that we have in the four Gospels about what actually happened to Jesus mirrors and matches Psalm 22 perfectly. It's quite incredible. And this is just one of, as we've said, there's about three different prophecies that talk about crucifixion or piercing. We're going to continue looking at more of those in our next program on Foundation. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 